Nah, just uh, one of the one of the stories that I have is called "Listen, Learn, and Apply," and um, like you said that you know at 16, 17, and 18, you might have been like, "Oh yeah, poo pooing somebody giving you advice," but I don't remember ever poo pooing that when you know my coach Vince or my cousin Pierre said anything or my brother, my father and mother. I was blessed because I listened. I, I believe that I really listen. They may tell you, say, yo, you were a knucklehead. You didn't listen. But I remember taking those lessons in and really applying them to my life. And I took them seriously. I was like, these people have been here and done that before me. I need to listen. And um, I applied them to my life. And, uh, you know, I benefited from them. I um, I don't think that, uh, you know, so I think if kids, kids can be so much further ahead of their peers if they do start taking those messages in, messages, messages in seriously from people who talk to them from their teachers from their mentors because we all in all different ways try to give them get them the message but a lot of them just don't get it and the kids that get it are the ones that you see zooming and going you know who zoom ahead in life and tend to not necessarily be more successful but they may be more successful earlier in life because they got it they just got it you know you can still get it you know, you may just get it later than others. So, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transcending Sport. I'm your host, Rob Cruz. My guest is Brent Bass old friend of mine. He's the author of Basketball Lessons. That's Bass, B-A-S-S, Basketball Lessons. 22 winning principles for youth that play sports. Brent, what's up? Yo, what's up, Rob? How are you, man? Good. Really good to hear from you. Um, reconnect a little bit. I'm, I'm excited for you about the book. Um, I wanna, Obviously, I want to go into the book. But before that, I think we should probably go into a little bit of, you know, maybe your background, uh, who you are, why you wrote the book. Um, maybe go take take us back to Wichita State if you want. No doubt, I will. But first thing I want to say, man, is you call me old friend, man. I'm not. I'm not an old cat. I'm not. I'm not old. <laughs> no, and old we, friend, like an old friend, like we go back. Oh, oh, we go way back. I thought you said I was an old guy. No, 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 make me old. We, we ain't old. <laughs> You know we ain't old, bro. So, um, yeah, so. Yeah, so I'll tell you what you want to know a little bit about, I guess, my background, you said, right? Yeah, you know, to take us back to, your, you know, your basketball playing days, your um, your, your education, your, and, and in, in, the, in the area of sports, because ever since I've known you, you've always been involved, um, at least at an administrative level. Right. Um, with you, involved with new sports. Right. And as an entrepreneur, with you sports right. and or some type of development, player development and whatever right. aspect, whether it's health, whether it's nutrition, you've always been at some or multiple aspects of a grasp on how you wanted to help athletes to uh, make themselves better, self-improve right. athletes. But right. you know, I always like to do it before when I have someone on for the first time on the show, I like to yeah. give, give the audience a snapshot of who you are, where you came from, where you grew up, how you grew up, that kind of stuff. So real quick, man, I was um, I was born into a family where my brother was a stellar athlete at Iona College or even high school at three years old. Mm -hmm. At three years old, he was like all state basketball. 
I grew up at four years old, he went on, went on to college at Iona College and I sat through every home game as my brother becoming the all-time leading scorer at Iona College. So basketball was in my blood. Yeah. Um, I then started training as, as a young kid. Um, you know, I, I played recreationally and people thought I was pretty good. And then I started training as a young kid um, with, you know, trainers about, you know, 12 or 13 years old and became, you know, pretty proficient and pretty good. But then, um, so, you know, basketball and sports, you know, playing all sports all the way up to my sophomore year was, was just all you know, encompassing for me. Um, and that along with, you know, being a pretty decent uh, student as well was, was uh, you know, was really my, was really, you know, what I was doing when I was a kid. And um, so it, it, was, it, was, it was really, my background is, is all sports all the time. However, academics was emphasized as well. So fortunately I was able to obtain, and, and I tell my story a little bit about how I was able to obtain and work and uh, learn a lot of lessons from my mentors and my coaches all through high school, um, as well as college. And in the book, I talk about how those lessons that I learned, how they were so impactful for me, and they kept me on a straight, straight and narrow as it pertains to my attitude, how, is it, how as, as, it pertains to, as it pertains to how I was going to obtain a scholarship in a field crowded with people that wanted those same, um, those same scholarships, and how I was going to become, how uh, those lessons impacted my professional life and what I would go on to be shaped to do in my professional life right now. So. Um, that, in a nutshell, is 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 what happened. Um, you know, I had a decent college career as a Division One um, athlete, as well as a Division Two athlete. Um, and but I parlayed that into a vision that I had even before I graduated from college to want to continue to pursue my master's degree because I knew sports probably, you know, the percentages said that I probably wasn't going to be a pro. Yeah. So I had to make sure I was buttoned up in other areas of my life academically as far and also as pertains to my attitude to uh, be ready to propel myself to, you know, bigger and better things after sports ended. That's great. So why the book? Why write a book? Mm -hmm. What's that? Why write a book? Well, write a book. I wrote a book because there's within, you know, those the last 50 years or at least since I was three years old, learning lessons from, you know, mentors, coaching, watching coaches, from my brother particularly, um, uh, from my my parents, from my college coaches, you know, who were stellar coaches. There were a lot of lessons that they taught me. Um, some were like staying on time, um, keeping your word, um, never quitting, um, you know, and just, just doing the very best that you can to be, you know, a little bit different than other people. Therefore, if you are a little bit, if you're a little bit of an outlier, if you're able to, you know, and you're competing for these opportunities and these positions or whatever you're looking to do, yeah. you'll stand out a little bit. And so I wrote the book because I work in a high school right now as a director of athletics and I see so many kids that don't have the drive or don't have the enthusiasm to do well even, do well even in school and sometimes are scared to even try out for teams because they're scared to fail or take risks. Okay. Or even the kids that are on on teams, not they don't have the drive and the work ethic to try to get to that next level and not, they don't understand the work that it requires to get to that next level. They think that they can watch a YouTube video now 
do a couple of uh, drills on the court and then co college coaches will run in the door. That's not the case. Definitely not. <laughs> right. So in, in terms of, you know, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up because I think in a lot of schools and, and I, I work in college recruiting on my end also uh, with individual players and their families. And I'm finding that a lot of the schools don't really take that initiative to kind of help educate parents on, okay, what should you be doing right now? Um, as a, and maybe as a freshman coming in, like what are some of the things that you can actually do to get you to make it more easy uh, into that transition into the the process of, of college recruiting or in college selection. Um, right. So as an AD, you know, who played sports and who, who uh, played sports in college and who understands how the difficulties and, and how difficult it really is. And, and just just the preparedness. I think I think we're living in a generation now where we're just so we're a lot more distracted than we were uh, back when we were younger. Right. There's so many more distractions, for, which makes it a little more difficult right. uh, to be focused. Right. So having you know having um, put a book out at a time when most and I'm glad you have an audio book too, <laughs> because for the people who don't want to read and who don't like to read. You know, you could just be working out on the bus, on the train, in the car, on a plane, and you could you can you can go through the principles, right? Uh, as well. So, talk to me about the number twenty-two. Is there, is, there, is there a significant um, science behind, or something about the number twenty-two? Why is um, it two and not twenty? Is it was there any reason for that, or just? Well, I love the number four. Okay. And I wasn't going to put 44 principles <laughs> in this book. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Got it. Right. Number four was my college number. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, two plus two is four. So I'll just, I'll take that. Plus my, I, you know, I have the second book on the way. I'm working on that now. Okay. Um, so that'll be 44. You know, and then I'm even working on a third book. That's 66. But, you know, I, I, I it doesn't matter. I just, as long as, you know, the spirit allows me to uh, continue to write, um, you know, and be creative, come up with topics that I think are relevant and kids need to hear. I, it doesn't matter about the number, it's just a matter until, the, you know, I feel like I've gotten everything out of my system because I, I feel like these are stories that people need to hear. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, so many people um, nowadays, as, as I mentioned on my Instagram account, uh, I feel like the part this earth with their story inside of them. Um, and they don't share mm -hmm. uh, what's really on their heart. And the next thing you know, they're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, we I've seen so many people over the last couple of years just depart this earth. They don't leave anything behind, but their, you know, their clothes and their their their, their jewelry or whatever. Um, we don't really know really what was going on deep on the inside of them. So I felt like this was a legacy project that I could leave for um, my children my children's children and maybe generations down the road. And then instead of impacting just the five or 10 people, it may be able to impact 150,000, maybe millions. You never know how many people will see or read this book. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that you mentioned about distractions as a, being a high school AD, as well as a, a health teacher, I teach one course, kids are really, really distracted. Yes. And that's why, that's what this book talks about, is talks about being intentional um and focused um and you know just being a person of your word uh not you know um not being such a get over artist like a lot of these kids are because they want to get back to their phones <laughs> but, to, but to put it down put the work in do the job 
you know, say what you're going to do, what you're going to do and, and, and do what you what you say you're going to do. Right. So uh, we really just want the kids to to really think about that really, really, really um, intentionally and then take action. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So, okay, right. so um, you know, I noticed you said something about stories. So right. uh, is this a story form? Are there like little short stories or little things maybe that you've gone through or? Yeah, yeah. So it starts out, most each chapter starts out with a um, with a story about, you know, you know, what, what happened. Like, you know, like one day I walked in my dorm room and my uh, my roommate was fully taped. You know, he didn't have all, he didn't have his, uh, he didn't have his, uh, what's it called? His sheet on his bed. He was just laying on his bed and he was fully taped, meaning his ankles were fully taped, both ankles. Right. And this is nine o'clock at night after practice had already taken place. Yeah. And I'm looking at him, I'm walking in the door, <laughs> study hall, practice, and dinner have already taken place. Right. And he's fully taped as if practice is getting ready to start mm-hmm. in like 10, 15 minutes. So I'm wondering like, well, why he's taped? So I tell a story about, you know, why he was taped the next morning when I woke up, getting out the shower, and that's our conversation and what he tells me about why he's taped. So I tell little stories about that. He tells me why he's taped. And then I go on to tell the consequences of what he was trying to do, how he was trying to get over, and what the consequences were for him, and how if you try to get over the way he tried to get over, <laughs> then you may not want to do some silly stuff like he did. Um, you know, he was just trying to save time, but there wasn't, it wasn't the right move. So each of the chapters starts out with a little story about, you know, about something like that, that happened to me in college, that happened to me during workout as a high schooler or whatever that I think kids will relate to. But the, the, the chapters and the stories are pretty concise. I mean, kids should be able to read them. You know, they're, they're only about five, you know, maybe a thousand words each chapter, not much. So being, I try not to be real. I try not to be really, really wordy but just to really get to the point, but also have some, a little bit of laughter, a little bit of humor in there, but also some real serious stuff as well. So being um, in a high school situation, right? so many athletes come through the doors and you see them when they come in, you hear about them, you probably hear about these some of these athletes in, in, in middle school before they get to the high school. Oh, this kid is such a phenomenal talent. He's gonna right. be great. They're gonna put us on the map. We're gonna win right. the championship with this athlete. But then high school happens. Right. They become a different person. They have different friends. Right. Their priorities change. Right. They have to try to fit in socially. Right. It affects how they end up playing the sport. Maybe their grades aren't where they are. Maybe socially, maybe they start using drugs. Maybe they start, if it's a female athlete, maybe she's getting distracted and with, with other things socially with her peers and with the with the boys and all these different things. How do you as an AD and how do you in the book address the thing about that make the, because the one thing that makes a, a, an elite athlete unique is that they have to be able to understand that they cannot be like everybody else. Right. So, and it's hard, it's hard as a, as a young person, especially in the day and age where everything is posted. Right. And we're living through our social media and, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta do this for the gram. I gotta, you know, I gotta front for the gram. I gotta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how, how do you, probably, how, how does the book um, address some of the things growing up that the athletes are, are going through as they grow up as athletes? And they make that transition from middle school to the beginning of high school and then 
set, which sets them up for the transition into college? I, um, well, we address, I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is to that per se, but we do address, and I do address a lot of the distractions that kids yeah. have, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, just what you said, the social media, yeah. I got kids that are, I got kids that are stellar athletes mm -hmm. that can't make it to practice or that could be potential stellar athletes, but they're the, they're the people who are bringing bread, bringing home, well, not necessarily bringing home the bread, but they have to work. Mm -hmm. They have to pick up their sibling. Yeah. They can't make it to practice. They got stuff. They have to, they have to stop practice and sit out because their sibling is acting up in the practice with them. They can't focus. They can't concentrate. Wow. So I do, I do address um, and talk about some and being understanding of all the different things that pull at them that didn't pull at me. Um, but um, the, there's no real remedy for that that I talk about. But I do say that if there's a way that you can do those necessary things or those things that are needed, that you can sort of put, manage your time and manage the rest of your life. So those things that are just wanted, those things that, are, that you just want to do, you have to put those to the side so that you can focus either on your studies or you could focus on your um, your uh, academic or your athletics. Mm -hmm. So meaning that, you know, like even if you do pick up your your young brother, you know, um, you could you could still pick him up. You could still maybe have practice and focus as much as you can. However, when you get home, you know, instead of being on on YouTube or Instagram, um, if you manage your time right, you might be able to take those extra little bits of time, add them up like I did in high school, rather than watch the Cosby show or watching sitcoms like most of my friends were doing, watching friends and series of things that I, people tell me, you never watched that series. I'm like, I never watched that series because you know, guess, guess where I was? My brother was coming down in the basement talking about, what are you doing? Why are you working out so hard? I had this little room and I'm sweating and doing two ball dribbling and they're wondering like, you know, and my friends are like, oh, did you, the next day I get to school, did you see friends or did you see this sitcom or whatever? And I'm like, no, because I was working out. I was lifting, I was working out and I set myself apart. So I think if kids analyze their time mm -hmm. as I did, and for two weeks I got this assignment in school, analyze everything I did every hour for two weeks, I looked it up and I said, wow, I have two or three hours a day where I'm watching Inspector Gadget. Why am I watching this? <laughs> Why am I spending eight hours a week watching Inspector Gadget when I could be in the basement doing two ball dribbling like my coach Vince and my cousin Pierre were saying, you got to work out every day. So there's no excuse. I didn't. I may not have had that many extractions, and kids may not have that amount of time. But there is time that they can they can use to focus themselves to work on their craft, whether academically or athletically, or quite honest, even in prayer, man. Just trying to get it done. Just talking about how much you want this and how much you got to make this happen for you, whatever it is you want to make happen. So, so I'm noticing in the. Um in the subtext, the subtitle, we got basketball lessons. That's B A S S. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna go back to that 22 before we before we finish because I got something I want to share with you about 22. Uh, but no, let's go into it now. So 22, just so you, I mean, I've, I've studied a little bit of numerology. 
Uh oh, I hope it's good, bro. No, I, I, it's very good, actually. Oh, nice. 22, as a matter of fact, 22 is like one of my personal numbers. Nice. Because I'm a four person. Oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm born on October 4th. Oh, nice. Um, my son is born on the 4th. My nephew's born on the 31st. Like, seems like the people that I'm connected to, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it, all throughout my life have been like four people. Right. Well, one in three, two, uh, 22, 31. Mm -hmm. um, so Lloyd Strayhorn wrote a, wrote a book called Numbers and You. She probably mm -hmm. took that if you can. And he's like, no, he's, he's a renowned numerologist. He's, he's been around for years since. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, so, and, and when he talks about the number 22, he talks about 22 and the number 11 being the master numbers. Really? Because they, because they duplicate themselves, 11 and 22. Wow. Um, one and one and two and two. So he, so he talks about the uh, 11 being a master number on the mental plane and 22 being a master number on the physical plane. And I, I thought it was interesting. That's why when I when I first saw that you had twenty two principles, I was like, "Ha ha! He's dropping some, some numerology." But I, I don't think I don't think things happen by accident or by happenstance. I believe that that's all you know for for a reason. Right. Twenty two right. is the number that 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 was given to you. Right. Um. To to put down. So that's a good thing. So when we talk about winning. I just want to talk about winning. Right. That word winning, because you got key words in this subtext that I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it with my third eye right now, and I'm like, okay, well, you got winning. <laughs> You got principles, right? And most people don't govern themselves by principles. Mm -hmm. They govern themselves by just whatever happens, happens. Right. So when we have actual principles, mm -hmm. they, they, they kind of give us something that we can live by and structure how we move based on principles. If I have right. principles, if I'm a principled person, I'm going to move differently than everyone else. Right. Because if it doesn't align with my principles, then it may or may not allow me to get to success. And what I'm finding with a lot of young athletes nowadays is that they have the talent to get there, but they, they sometimes lack the character to stay there. Right, right. And, with, and if you're not principal, <laughs> you already know. So I like the principal thing and I like the winning thing because winning, we all want to win. Everybody wants to win. And as parents, right. we want our kids to win in yeah. life, right? right? And as coaches, we want our athletes to win at life. Right. So, talk to me a little bit about, about the whole, the, 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 you know, just if you can dig a little deeper, without obviously without giving away the book, without giving away a free book from someone right now, but talk to me about the principles that you had, that, you, that you're sharing now, sharing with the, with, the, with, the, with the athletes of today. Um, did it come from family members? Did it come from brothers? Did it come from some coaches? Or was it a collaboration of all? Yeah. Pastor or a church leader or something that growing up, like what? How how'd you how did you become principal? Because ever since I've known you, you've always been principal. Mm -hmm. So how did you become principal? Um, who are the people that 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 molded and shaped your principles mm -hmm. to help you win? Yeah. First of all, God. You know, I gotta give credit to God because yeah. of course He He you know made this all happen. He definitely was the one who was architect of me putting this book together. Um, second of all, the biggest influence on me was my, I would say my brother, Kevin Bass, yeah. uh, who again was the all-time leading scorer at Iona at one point. My brother Kevin was a big influence, I think as I mentioned on the top of the show. Three years old, everybody, he was putting the ball in the hoop and I was wondering like, why are they cheering for this cat? He's throwing this ball in the hoop and everybody's going crazy. Mm -hmm. So I he, I, he was my idol because I, everybody loved him, character-wise, Basketball-wise, professional-wise, he was a great guy. 
then also of course my parents um my other brothers and sisters but of course you know a lot of my coaches um eddie fogler from wichita state john thurston from wingate university now wingate university or wingate college when i was there and then um my high school coaches and, and people that i just ran into not ran into but people that have coached me from my first coaches have always talked to me about how you know how good of a talent i was and how good of a kid i was and that how basketball could take me far and um so um when we talk about winning in the book i talk a lot about um i talk about how like a lot of things that, that they just just taught me through practices through working hard through you know running sprints uh things i, I don't think i really bring any up anything um new that that's under the sun but it's it's from my perspective it's from my voice um and um i think that that boy voice is a little bit different than what people have heard in the past and i think that people will will in, in, enjoy it um for instance um when I say winning, I, I feel a lot, a lot. Some of the stories are, I talk about how I how I win, but how I felt like I lost for so long. Mm. You know, I really lost. I thought I was losing. I thought that I was. I I think um, it's not a depressing book, and it's a, it's a more of an uplifting book because there's stories in it that start off and talk about how people pushed me, but I just in a lot of cases didn't think I was good enough. Mm -hmm. um, but how it's all coming coming to fruition now where as I, what I think um, spiritually sort of decided that I needed to get my word out uh, about all the different things I've dealt with, with, the pressures of trying to be a stellar athlete, of training hard, of you know trying to get to the division one level, um, of failing um, to be the all-time leading scorer at Wichita State like I wanted to be. Of mm -hmm. uh, the conversations with Dave Stallworth, who used to be a um, a Nick back in the day at Wichita State. I used to look at his his, his uh, jersey at, at Wichita State on the rafters, and he walked in one day and he was like, hey, what you looking at, young fella? And I was like, you're, you're, I said, I looked at your jersey, and I, I think I want to be up there with you. But how that didn't even get, get close to happening. You know, so, um, but how I continued to believe um, that there was going to be something good that came out of my story, even though I felt like I failed at Wichita State and in essence got demoted to go to Wingate University. I had a good career there, still was not happy because I was, you know, failed that I felt, felt like I failed at the division, you know, one level. Mm -hmm. Went on to have some tough experiences in the work world where I just didn't feel like I really fit in. Um, in a lot of places, and then really found my niche um, as I continued to pray and believe and found my position and right where I need to be as a director of athletics. And then it said, I, I need to tell a story about how I felt like I was failing so much, but I really was winning with all the experiences I was getting yeah. and, the tough, and the tough times that I was going through, yeah. not only um, on the court, but off the court professionally, moving around the country, trying to find the right fit as far as did I want to be a college AD? Did I want to be a, um, uh, any other type of um, profession as a fundraiser and as a parks and recreation director, even though I was successful at it, I just really didn't feel like it was a good fit. And I felt like I was just still losing. Mm -hmm. 
But ultimately, all of them compiled all of those things, negative thoughts and, and, and things that I was trying to find in myself. It was all compiling into one story. And I feel like I'm winning now. I feel like I needed to tell those stories that kids a lot of times just give up when they feel like they're losing and they start smoking, they start drinking, they start um, not believing in themselves. There's not one time I ever stopped praying and stopped believing in myself. And I just said, you know what, God, I know there's something good that's gonna come out of this, you know, and, and, and I just gotta keep my eye on the prize. And I know that my purpose and my passion will, will shine through one day. And I think that this is the fruition of that. And, and what you said is so relatable to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your subtext now, your subtitle, and I'm saying to myself, this could very easily be called 22 Winning Principles for Sports and Life. Right. And it's I'm, not, this, this, is, this, is, this book is not... I'm going to say it. The book is not about, like, basketball players. I got it's you. Not, people might say, yo, this is a basketball book. He's going to have basketball training principles in there. No, this is going to be, like, life principles, like... Yeah. This is what I did in basketball, but this is why I ran through a brick wall because this is and ultimately this is the lesson that I how I applied it in the rest of my life. Yeah. Now how that how those principles played out in the rest of my life and how those failures and even some of the wins that I had played out in my life. Yeah, I can, I can see that definitely. Um yeah, you said so much in that last segment. <laughs> um, because I, and I, I believe it's relatable, in the, even with my own students, even with my kids. I'm like, read a, read an autobiography of right. somebody that you admire. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that's successful, somebody that's winning. And then when you see all the things that they have gone through and all the, th- all the failures that they had along the way, you will appreciate the process. Right. Right. Most people, exactly. don't, most people don't appreciate the process or they want to skip the process, but the process um, of failure, of having some losing, is important to actually, you know, end up triumphant at the end, you know, in the, in the end. So, right. no, right. great. This is good stuff, man. So I talk, I talk to, I talk to, I have a chapter that's the, that, that talks, talks just, you know, exactly to what you just said. Um, most of them, you know, actually a lot of them do, but you know, I do have a chapter that, that talks to talks to that. You know? yeah. This is good. So you said the book was coming out. When is that again? Well, the ebook you can pre-order now. Um, yeah. The audio book, which I'm working on now, you might see a few bags under my eyes. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm finalizing that. That should be out and be ready for pre-order by November 10th. Yes. The paperback will be out and ready by November 10th for pre-order. However, on December 10th is when everything either ships or you, or will be uploaded to your device um, once you uh, once you uh, make the purchase. And where do we where do we find the, the uh, you said pre-order is available right now for the audio for the ebook and where, where do we do we find that? Right now at um, I'll send you the link, but right now at Amazon.com. Oh, Amazon, okay. You can get the pre-order. Um, I, I haven't looked at other um, areas to get it out. You know, I'll probably be putting it on Goodreads. And other things like that, but right now, Amazon's going to be where it's at right now. Okay. It's my first book. I mean, you know, I, I had to start somewhere. So right now, that's the primary. Yep. Uh, as I move forward and, and continue to learn this process, I'll have it more succinct um, for uh, for the next for the one that I hopefully come out with on the following December tenth of two thousand twenty. 
That's great. Well, will you be available for speaking for speaking engagements as well? And you know, either before the book, when the book comes out, after the book comes out. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I already got my well, on the day that I dropped it and told everybody that about uh, me okay. um, having the event, or not the event, but that I, that I let everybody know on Facebook mm-hmm. that uh, I'm coming out with a book, and I wanted them to you know pick the cover. One of my friends called me and said, "Hey, can you speak on next Wednesday?" Which was yesterday. Um, so I spoke to these kids yesterday about you know, entrepreneurship and how a book can be their foray in entrepreneurship because a book is an opportunity for passive income. Yeah. Put a lot of effort into it up front. And then, you know, if people really like it and love it, uh, hopefully by the, you know, till I'm, you know, 95 or even, you know, have departed into the ether, you know, people will still be able to, to, to buy it and even hear my voice and my kids will hopefully still be able to benefit from it. Um, but also, I want to let you know this point too is um, I d- decided to donate a portion of the proceeds, ten percent of the, any of the proceeds that I get to this organization called Little Lights in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an organization that helps kids to read, um, and helping kids to read or helping kid kids to read is really important to me. Um, it's one of my things that I did as a mentor, as a young young, young guy when I was in uh, Ann Arbor. I used to mentor these uh, young kids, and we, we, we focused on reading, and, and uh, I really think that's important. So, you know, I just want to get back. This is not, this is not anything I intended to, you know, make a living off of, right, but yeah. something that I just wanted to leave as a legacy, but also as an opportunity to help others to uh, be intentional, focused, as well as, um, you know, hopefully giving back by donating a portion of portion of the proceeds to charity. That's great. And how can we get in touch with you? We want to follow you on social. Where you at on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook? I guess, well, you show me on you, 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 on Instagram. I'm at Basketball Lessons. Um, That's at I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest, man. I, you're not going to see a lot of posts because I'm new to this, but uh, I am being bold as a lion, as the Bible says. And uh, it's going to be at that ba- uh, hashtag, I guess, basketball lessons or, or basketball lessons on Instagram. You can just find on my personal Facebook page at, at uh, Brent Bass. Um, and uh, I have um, I have yet to develop the YouTube channel, but that's going to be the next modality that I get into. And I also have a Twitter account at Brent Bass, but Instagram at basketball lessons. And um, you can also check out my website at, of course, um, basketballlessons.com that's b-a-s-s that's two s's in basketball basketball lessons. Glad i got i got a cool last name because not not anybody could come up with that title <laughs> you got that right <laughs> it, worked, it worked perfectly it worked perfectly it worked perfectly and i'm really so i'm really glad that um you, you were able to come on today this has been great um i'm very excited i'm very happy for you and i'm very glad that you were able to get out there into the uh into the book world and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, you'll have so many more opportunities to open up because of this. And again, you have great people who have great things to share and sometimes they don't share them. And, and, and just to be able to be emboldened a little bit and say, hey, you know what? Go ahead and just, I, I got something that I think that people can benefit from. And, and from what I'm understanding, it, it seems like we all, we all can benefit from this book, whether you're an athlete or not, whether you're a, a child or an adult. Because right. it's sports and life. And a lot of times the two kind of, you know, they kind of mesh together and they kind of intertwine, you know. Right. So, um, again, congratulations. Um, we look forward Thank to you. a bunch of copies. I want to make sure that I make sure that all my people know um, that this is available to them. And, um,
best. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.